Welcome to InsideCatholicPhilly.com, where we explore the Catholic faith as it's experienced in church and in everyday life. I'm your host, Gina Christian, here with our editor, Matt Gambino. And along with our guests, we discuss the Catholic take on everything from sacraments and Sunday Mass to social media and sports, based on CatholicPhilly.com's award-winning news and commentary. Thanks so much for spending a few moments with us here at CatholicPhilly.com. I'm your host, Gina Christian, here with our editor, Matt Gambino. Matt, good to have you here. Hi there, Gina. And Matt and I are continuing to be on site here at St. Charles Borromeo Seminary in Wynwood, and we are carrying on what's become a Lenten tradition at CatholicPhilly.com. We've asked some of the seminarians here at St. Charles Borromeo to take us on a journey through Lent by sharing their reflections on the Sunday Gospels for the season. And after After an incredibly challenging year marked by the COVID pandemic, by a racial reckoning, and by social unrest, these scriptures have taken on an even deeper meaning, and we're hoping our seminarians will help us to better understand that and apply the Gospels to our lives. And for the third Sunday of Lent, we are welcoming Ricardo Martinez. Welcome, Ricardo. Thank you for having me. Where are you from? I'm originally from Texas. I'm from a border town called Laredo, Texas, and it's about a 30-hour drive from here, but I belong to the Archdiocese of Philadelphia. And what year are you again? In Second Theology. Second Theology, great. All right. Well, let's get right to it with the Gospel. Matt, what is the Gospel for this week? So for the third Sunday of Lent, we're going to hear from the Gospel of John, chapter 2, verses 13 to 25, and we hear how Jesus goes into the Temple of Jerusalem, and he finds a lot of money changing and buying and selling going on, and he makes a whip out of cords and he drives them from the temple and he's filled with zeal and the leaders of the temple ask him for signs and this gets into Jesus then talks about a sign of his dying and being Mm -hmm. raised from the dead so Ricardo if you could talk a little bit about that what does this reading mean to you today well for me I mean it's interesting because most of us think about oh why did Jesus get really angry but this anger is not out of like wrath no because wrath entails a hate right and God he himself is love so he can't hate. So this anger is an anger out of love. That's why it says, zeal for your house will consume me. So in a sense, that's why he's zealous. It's not an anger out of wrath. No, it's, it's, it's amazing to think that it's anger out of love. It's like, I'm doing this because I love you, right? Our parents used to say that. Maybe it's like, I'm doing this because I love you, even though sometimes we hate it. And so often we see anger and love as incompatible. And there are a lot of people who say, yeah, angry Jesus. Okay, great. Go for it. But as you said, there's a purpose here. This isn't Mm -hmm. wanton destruction. And this past year has really brought us face to face with anger, many kinds of anger. So much anger. Talk a little bit about why that makes this gospel even more relevant. Mm -hmm. This gospel makes it more relevant because it's, it's, from what I see right now in society, it's a lot of bottled up anger. Due to the social unrest that's going on, it's just a way to get it out. That's why a lot of people are saying, just go out, protest, do whatever you want. But at the same time, it's, it's not put in the right place. No. Instead of speaking about it, it's just violence. Now, we saw so many riots that are going on in, the, in many big cities, and it's sad. So Christ, he was saying, what are you doing to a holy place, Right. And in the end, we see how the gospel says that he was speaking about the temple of his body, right? And the temple of his body, where he will die and rise again, destroy this temple, and in three days, I'll raise it up, right? And it's interesting because, as we know as Catholics, Christ was and is like us in all things, except sin, 
No, he didn't. He never sinned. He was God. So since his body is like us in all things except sin, we are also temples of the Holy Spirit. We are also temples. So that's why Jesus Christ says, what are you doing to your bodies? What are you doing to this holy place? And that's an interesting thing. That's why he's like, look at what you're doing. Sin corrupts our body. Sin corrupts our soul. So he's like, what are you doing to your bodies? No, zeal for your house will consume me. That's why he's trying to get us out. That's why this anger is well put. But sometimes the person downstairs says, no, just let out your anger however you feel like it. And that's the interesting thing, is that sometimes the devil likes to paint things in a weird way. He's an angel of light. He comes in things in places and objects and people that may seem good at times. It's like, yes, you need to expel your anger. Do it this way, because in the end, you'll get whatever you want. But that's not how it is. So how do you discern what's of the light and what is not? How do you discern what is a good expression of anger and what is not? The way to discern is peace. Because I've noticed in my, I guess, experiences that if I see an event that might happen or that I see an event unfolding and I want to act out but I don't feel at peace, I know that something is out of whack. Something is wrong with that. And a way to discern is to see, okay, will that give me peace or will that not give me peace? Am I at peace right now with the event that's happening or not? So that's how I see things. And with peace, we often break open that line, blessed are the peacemakers. Mm -hmm. We often think that means, oh, I'm just going to always be quiet and I'll never say anything. But anger can be a part of the peace process if it's discerned properly, if you know that in expressing that constructively and in a holy way, you have the peace of the spirit saying, yes, this is what I want you to do with this anger. It's a signal of my moving in the world to change things, to bring love and justice and compassion exactly, and healing. I think it's interesting, too, as people are talking with Jesus and they've just witnessed what he did, they start asking for signs, and we see that uh, Jesus would not trust himself because he knew human nature. Yep. That's a very interesting line. It's, it's very at the very end yep. of the passage. He knew human nature because he was human nature. Right. He is human nature, but mm-hmm. at the same time, God. Right. That's why I said he's like us in all things except sin. And I often think, too, his hidden years, which so often we don't talk about, but all that time in Nazareth when he was living and working and growing, how much of human nature he must have studied. You know, village life is such a good schoolroom for that. And he knew human nature very, very well through his reason, through Mm -hmm. just God-given human reason. He saw how people acted. He saw their wiles. He saw their agendas, you know. Village life probably gave him a lot of that wisdom. Exactly, yeah. And same thing here in our communities, in our churches. No, we see how everybody is. Mm. And that's why it's good during this pandemic not to be afraid because if we go to church, we're able to experience the community. How can we experience a community through a screen on the computer just watching Mass? Right. That's what the church is. It's a community. So to go to church, to go to Mass, to participate in whatever events that there might be, it's good to not be afraid because that is where, where we can find Christ in the other where we can see that we're not alone. Because many people throughout the quarantine feel alone. They can be depressed. They can be maybe even, I'm sorry to say it, but suicidal. Right. And that's a sad thing because they don't have this community. They're just alone in their houses. They see the same people every single day. And I'm pretty sure it, it gets frustrating. Yeah. So, so what could we do about that then? If we can't physically come together as a community, what can we do for one another in this time? Pray for each other. That's one thing that will always be with us. Even when we're alone, we might be alone, is to pray for each other. 
that's the best way to do it. In prayer, we are in community. Very good. Very good. Thank you so much, Ricardo. Wonderful words of wisdom, of insight, and always that call to prayer, which of course is the call of Lent. We appreciate you spending some time with us. Thank you very much. Thank you. Come back soon. God bless. I will. So you've heard our thoughts. What about yours? Reach out to us and let us know. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Catholic Philly or visit us online at catholicphilly.com. Thanks so much to Matt Gambino, the editor of catholicphilly.com. I'm your host, Gina Christian. And until next time, may God bless and keep you. This podcast has been a production of catholicphilly.com. Music by Dustin Taylor Phillips. For more information, visit us online at catholicphilly.com.